Welcome to the Crime Phenomenon and Beyond podcast, and prepare yourselves for the fuckery. <laughs> I love when they... <laughs> wow. That nasty bastard. I know. Oh. Yeah. What the fuck? Who got me a nipple belt? It's a good little nugget. <laughs> brown chicken, brown cat. Oh my god. Canadia. <laughs> you got dickheads. What the fuck's a modus operandi? I got nothing. The maze of balls. What I, in the actual fuck? I don't fucking know. Maybe it's cause you're ugly. <laughs> you gonna wake up dead. 1-800-Filate <laughs> that dick. The fuck? Yeah. I shit my pants once when I thought I was gonna fart. I fucking hate you. <laughs> and anyway. there's the bullshit. <laughs> and here we go. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. It's Sam and I am flying solo today unfortunately, but this is a Freaky Friday episode and it is a short and sweet but insane one um keith odell actually sent it to me and as i was looking at it it is insane and so yeah let's just jump right in so this is the it was like a huge deal in 1990 when they came out with an episode about it and it was the weston baptist church in beatrice nebraska and the events surrounding the major thing that happened to them and the coincidence of what happened prior to. So I, I know that sounds weird, but I'm trying not to give away the good stuff. So here we go. So Martha Paul, she was a choir director at the church. She had been a director for 30 years and back then, and you can only imagine in church and a choir director and in the fifties, this woman demanded punctuality, okay? She expected every member of the choir to arrive on time, never be late, and this was every Wednesday night, okay? And she wanted everyone there by 7.20, and then the choir practice was going to start at 7.25. Do not be late. And almost every single one of the members, there was 15 members, had actually like they were almost always on time like they were never known to be late like it wasn't a frequent occurrence so on march 1st of 1950 reverend walter klimple had actually stopped by the church around 5 30 p.m so that he could light the furnace because in nebraska i guess it was cold during that time and he wanted to warm up the place before church that night so he goes home to you know, enjoy dinner before church, and they would all go. Well, at 7.27 p.m., two minutes after practice was to start, the West End Baptist Church exploded. It not only just exploded, like the blast was so forceful, it shattered the windows of all the houses nearby, and it even caused a radio station to go off air because of the blast. And all of the work, the church walls, they were like, they exploded out. The roof came tumbling down. So whatever the explosion itself didn't destroy, the roof caving and, and falling down destroyed the rest of it. And I mean, it was, it was the explosion that was literally heard in like every single like corner of Beatrice, Nebraska. And it also would have been one of the largest like, tragedy it's like something that would have been like the worst tragedy in that town's history even up to today 
had even one of the 15 members of the choir arrived on time because none of them, all 15 had not been on time. Like they broke the rules and they were not there. And it was all like every single one of them, all 15 members had been delayed or was going to run late for like various, like random reasons. Okay. And so it's like, is this a divine intervention? Was this meant to happen? Was like this, you know, was this, you know, something bigger than them, you know, God watching over them or just a coincidence. But here is what all of them were doing. Okay. The minister, Reverend Walter Klimple, his wife, and their daughter, Marilyn, who was um, a little younger, they were all set to leave on time. They were almost out the door when Marilyn looked down and noticed she had a massive stain on her dress. So this is the daughter. Well, her mom, you know, well, you can't go to church in the 50s, you know, with the stained dress. That's not acceptable, especially being the reverend's daughter. So, she pulls out another dress and starts ironing it. So, of course, they're delayed. They're running late. And they were still at home when the church exploded. And then, so, Martha Paul, who is the choir director, you know, who likes her punctuality, she was at home trying to wake up her daughter, Marilyn. So, it's Martha's the mom, Marilyn's the daughter, and... Martha's the choir director and Marilyn is the pianist for the choir. Well, they were supposed to be at the church 30 minutes early. And that's what uh, Martha always did. Well, Marilyn decided to take a nap after dinner. And her mom tried to wake her up so many times. And she just kept, you know, not wanting to wake up. And she was like, you know, just a little bit longer. You know, I'm not feeling great, whatever. So Martha didn't want to leave without her. So, finally, at 7.15, she got Marilyn awake and, like, out of bed. And she was still, Marilyn was still taking her time getting ready. And, like, they were almost out the door when they heard the explosion. So, there was two girls that um, were in high school. And they always went to choir practice together. Well, on that evening... Lucille was transfixed by this radio program, okay? It was airing between 7 and 7.30. And even though they were usually on time, Lucille was determined that this time she didn't care if she was late or not because she wanted to finish that radio program. And Dorothy didn't want to go without her, so of course she waited for her. So those two were still at home when the explosion happened. Then there was two sisters, um, Rowena and Sadie Estes. Um, they tried to leave early from their house, but their car mysteriously wouldn't start. So they called their friend LaDonna Vandergrift, who as well was always early for practice, and they asked um, her to give them a ride since it would be on their way to church. Well, LaDonna was like, I'm going to be late as well. You know, she was a sophomore in high school, and she was... Um, doing her geometry homework that night and she was just stuck on this one problem that she could not like figure it out and she was determined that she was going to stay there and once she got it you know done and solved she was going to go to church then she didn't care if she was late so there's those three that didn't make it there so 
there's that yeah and then there was a like a woodworker named Herbert Kiff he was running ahead of time actually and he was on his way there but then he like remembered that he had a very important letter that he needed to finish up and get mailed out so he turns around goes back home and sits down to finish it and to get it mailed out and he was still on like at his desk at home when the church exploded there was Miss Shuster. Uh, she left early and she had a small daughter named Susan. She always took to church with her when she would practice. But before going to church, she had uh, to stop by her mother's house because her mother was leaving for a missionary meeting and needed help packing some stuff up. Well, they went, her and Susan went there and they were there once the church exploded as well. There was a man named Harvey All. Um, his wife was out of town and he was at home with their two sons and he, him and the sons, he was planning to take the sons with him to practice, but he had gotten completely like distracted because they were playing and lost track of time. And he looked down at his watch and realized, okay, I'm already going to be late. So, you know, I'm not even worried about rushing or anything. So they were not there or even nearby. There was a stenographer, Joyce Black. She actually lived across the street from the church. And she was usually one of the first ones there after um, Martha, the director. Well, she said she was just feeling plain lazy that day. It was cold outside. She was inside all snuggled up and warm. And she was just going to wait till the very last minute to walk over the, or across the street to go to the practice. And she said that finally she got up, got ready, and she, as soon as she opened up the door, she, um, she, the explosion came in. One of her, her house was one of the ones that the windows were shattered because of the forceful explosion. So, I mean, all of these people had the most, like, random reasons for not being on time. And the fact that all of these people were, you know, never late, it just makes you wonder, like, how? How did this happen? And, I mean, so, in the fire department, when they figured it out, they realized that there was a gas leak from a pipe outside of the church building. And it had actually, like, the gas had filled up the church until it reached the flame from where the reverend lit the furnace and that's what caused the explosion so the fact that all fire members you know escaped the explosion was just a huge thing in the community like like i mean because everybody knew they were not late they knew wednesday at 725 they were doing choir practice no fucking matter what sorry i shouldn't have said fuck it's about a church my bad sorry jesus Anyway, so based on their attendance of the choir members, in the past, there was a one in a million chance that every single one of the choir members would be late that day. One in a million chance because nobody was ever late. So for the like fact that all 15 were late, that's a one in a million chances of that happening. So it's just insane. Like... I mean, and they already said that 
the explosion was, you know, so destructive that if any of those members were there, even if they were just standing outside of that church at the time of the explosion, no one had a chance of making it out alive. So even if they had just got in the parking lot and was outside of the church, they would have been killed by the forcefulness of that explosion and the walls and debris and everything coming out. So there was no way that any of them would have survived had they been in the vicinity of that church. But yet, one in a million chances, all 15 of them are late and don't go to church. So, I mean, is this just divine intervention? Is it just luck? I mean, because we know if I was there, I would not have had that much luck. I'd have been the first motherfucker there. Sorry again for the cursing. But anyway, so yeah, that is the short and sweet story of the mysterious explosion in Beatrice, Nebraska. So... I don't know. I am a religious person, but that, I mean, it's hard if you aren't a religious person and you don't believe in, like, a higher power. There, I sound so country just then. There, that just shows you, like, a one in a million chance that all 15 choir members to be late. And it just happened to be on the day of a massive explosion that was, that could have killed every single one of them. It just makes you wonder. I mean, and maybe it makes somebody believe, you know? But this show is not about pushing any religion or anything onto people. We don't usually do that. But this was a really interesting story. Thank you, Keith, for bringing it to our attention. And I hope you guys enjoy. Bye, guys.